Ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, you are now listening to Rob and Rat's World of Wonder podcast. So sit back, relax, and prepare your ears as they take you on a journey of all things weird and wonderful. Thanks, mate. Uh, <laughs> the man, Nick. All right, so this is episode five, and in this fifth episode, Robert, we are talking about near-death experiences. Ooh. Okay, but before we get into it, a little bit of stuff I want to do. Just want to uh, say a big thank you to anybody, if it's your first time listener, uh, thanks for coming along. This is the Rob Rat Podcast. It's Rob and Rat's World of Wonder. I'm Rob. I'm Rat. And uh, if you've listened before, thanks for coming back. Uh, we're available on Spotify, SoundCloud and iTunes. Yeah, and we're available on Instagram at Rob Rat Podcast, Facebook, Rob and Rat's Wow Podcast, Twitter, Robin Rats, World of Wonder, and our email is worldofwonder2019 at gmail.com. You can find us also on Spotify, SoundCloud, and iTunes. iTunes. And if you and get onto our platforms where you listen to us, and all the social media, if you feel like, give us a like, give us a follow, but especially if you can get onto iTunes and just give us a give us a five-star rating and give us a subscribe. And if you want to leave a lovely message, that would be helpful too. Yeah, and thanks for some people sent us a few uh, new stories on Messenger, which have been good, and we're going to use one. Yeah, we've got a couple of stories we've sent in, so we're going to cover them. Just uh, so we get we we'll get into that now. So will we so we have our own uh, professional voiceover artist, Mick. Mick, uh, you heard him there at the start. Sure, we'll get him back in for the we'll news. Get Mick back in. All right, Mick. Mick. Rob and Rats, weird and wonderful news. Right, so it's uh, Rob Rat news. Yeah, so uh, do you want to go first or will I go first? I don't, uh, sure, look, I'll go first. Okay. Um, Indian Twin Town. This Twin. is something I came across which I find very interesting, right? As a country, India has one of the lowest rates for pairs of twins born. So say on average, no higher than nine per, per 1,000 births. So India is like the smallest twin birth rate in okay. the world. But in India, there's a town of Kodanihi. Lovely pronunciation. That right. yeah, I'm sure that's correct. Yeah. Kodanihi. Kodanihi, hey. Kodanihi. <laughs> the average is at 45 per 1,000 births. So that's like, say, Kodanihi has... It's, a home, it's home to 2,000 families. And there are over 400 pairs of twins. So 400 pairs, there's 800 people of that 2,000 that are no twins. No way. Yeah. And do they move there because they're twins? No. And it's actually been found that women from outside the area who have moved in at a higher percentage chance of conceiving twins. So but in, in the, the town of Kudini, the average is at 45 for 1,000 birch, which is the highest in anywhere in the world. There's no explanation. There's no IVF there because of the cost. Like IVF treatment can increase chances due to artificial insemination. Researchers continue to conduct genetic experiments today on the town of Kutanihi to try and find answers. They don't have any answers. But it's amazing. It's interesting. It's world of wonder stuff. Yeah, it really is. But like, there's no indication as to why. There's no like nuclear power plant. About nuclear no. power plant. Or nothing in the water. They kind of think their diet isn't... There's nothing too special about their diet. It's just kind of one of them weird phenomena. There isn't one man going around impregnating everyone and he's just got like those... Super kind of double, Twin double sperm. sperm, yeah. No, two-headed sperm. Is it two-headed sperm or? Is I don't think. No, I think the egg splits. It's the egg splits. So yeah. one sperm goes in, egg splits. Yeah, but it's amazing. Like to think, eight hundred out of two thousand. Yeah, that's a lot of twins. It must get confusing. Because you'd be walking down the street, and if you're going to like, oh, I think I saw you there the last day, although that was my twin. Yeah, you know but I'd say they're used to that there. Do you know what I mean? Oh, I know, but like, so yeah, but the, yeah, 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 maybe. 
But it, that's interesting. Your story. Yeah, okay. <laughs> <laughs> it is interesting. And actually, funny enough, because I didn't know you were going to say that. So this is a um, this is something that someone sent me, and it's about a it's a, something to do with twins as well, which is quite strange. That is bizarre. That's... It is, and I, and I know that. Yeah, that's weird, right? So there is a Glasgow surgeon. Uh, that's just to show that, like, uh, not everybody gets everything right the first time. Okay, so there was a surgeon in Glasgow, and he was involved. There was a high-profile surgery <clears throat> for two twins, but they were conjoined twins, and uh, they were from Pakistan. Okay. And uh, they were joined at the head. And it took, oh God, yeah. yeah, it took uh, 55 hours and involved more than 100 medical staff uh, for all these surgeries to separate them. But they successfully separated them. They were sharing like a, sc- a skull. Okay. And so, like, the, but their brains were the s- brains were kind of separated. Yeah. But there was the blood flowed from each head, so they're like yeah, yeah, the other side keeping them alive. But the surgeon, the main surgeon who was in charge of it all, actually flunked out of medical school because uh, he failed his, his medical exams and he went and left and was working in a battery making factory for a while before he decided but how did he get back in if he he went back and did his exams again and okay. passed alright well, that's fair enough and now he's like uh, the most successful well not the, well, he's the guy who's had the most successful because there's a really low rate of survival when or you start separating especially in the head yeah yeah. which God. led me to think about the rights of a conjoined twin. I know people say Siamese twin, but I think you call them conjoined twins. Yeah. Uh, so say a conjoined twin. Say me and you were joined at the head. Yes. Right? And I commit a murder. Okay, yeah. You had nothing to do with it. Yeah, You were yeah, looking yeah. the other way. Uh, nothing to do with yeah. it. Do, like, asleep, do we both go to jail? Or do we just like both get off? Or do like the jail sentence get halved? Or that is really interesting. I don't know what happens in that scenario because technically I've done nothing. I've done nothing oh, but yeah. wait. But unless I was actually thinking about it, unless I was actually asleep, being present there with you. But say you had no choice. Say like I was the like the you know conjoined at the head or whatever. But I should have maybe talked you out of it. Or would I not be considered an accomplice? Just yeah, I don't know. There. But like okay, but say like you didn't want to do it, you just dragged along. You know what I mean? Like, what happened? You put them both in jail or you just let them off or what? What would you? Yeah, I, I that I don't know. That is tough. I yeah. don't know what to. If I was there. Yeah, I don't know what to do. Yeah, it's a strange one. There is, it doesn't seem ba- to be any. I, you've baffled me now. There you go. I've blown your mind. Oh, I need so, to sit down. <laughs> <laughs> Another news story, right? So this one is. Um, do you ever just like be sitting around? You know, you're kind of like in a park, or you're up in a park, you're down by the, the ocean, you're eating chips or whatever, and you throw them out on the ground. You see, there's like a big seagull comes and just kind of grabs them. There's some pretty big seagulls out there, right? Yeah. Well, a six-year-old girl has been left really upset after a seagull dropped into her garden and made off with her miniature chihuahua in its beak. It just grabbed the chihuahua and took off. Jesus. So the child's mother, Becca, said that her partner was putting some washing out in Devon, in England, when he saw the bird swoop down and it carried little Gizmo, Gizmo's the name of the dog, uh, far away and you couldn't see him anymore. Uh, they have no idea if he was dropped or what's happened to him. Uh, the daughter didn't see him being taken away, which is nice, but she's still very upset about the fact that the dog went missing. Oh, okay. and, uh, obviously, yeah. So they've been asking people to check in gardens and stuff around the area to see if he was dropped, but as of today, they still haven't found him. Yeah, but in fairness, if he was dropped, I'd imagine it was some height. That's what they were checking in gardens and uh, people to check along rooftops and in gutters and in trees and stuff like yeah. that. Yeah, bird like the bird just came swoop and took the little dog. Now that could be like apparently the father was out putting out the washing. That already sounds suspect, doesn't it? Yeah. <laughs> so he's like, oh, I'm it's not what happened? Right. I was out. Where's the dog? So something else went wrong, and he just blinded on a seagull, maybe. Yeah. But uh, yeah. Do you know what? Speaking of birds, I'm going to cut in with another off the cuff news story. Lovely. But right, as you were, I was away at the weekend at a, a stag do. Oh, right. And yeah, where? In uh, Bristol. Right. And yeah. So I was talking to a few friends of ours, and this is only locally. Out 
near um, the golf course there in Castlebar, yeah, in the west of Ireland. We're in the west of Ireland, Mayo. Yeah, we're in the west of Ireland, but this oh, yeah. up the road from oh, um, a friend's house of mine, they were telling me about that a woman was walking her dog um, in the li- by a lake that's out there, and um, the dog went in swimming, where it normally does, and genuinely this happened a big swan came over there must have been swan eggs or whatever they're in yeah. in the water and the swan felt threatened when the dog went into the water even though the dog was nowhere near the swan the swan came over and actually killed the dog killed the dog yeah and if like in a few swoops apparently a swan is very strong like, but it hit him with his neck or what I don't well I doubt oh, it hit him with, I doubt it hit him with its wings like. yeah, but yeah. it could have but yeah. apparently swans are very strong and the dog the dog wasn't even that small. I think it was kind of a medium-sized dog. Killed it, broke its neck or something. Jesus. But that is, yeah, that's interesting. That's freaky yeah, swans. Or and on that positive note, <laughs> yeah, yeah. Uh, I actually, I actually have one more story. So we okay, do it right. So this is like, um, uh, it's a strange one. So like, do you know, like, a, so if you're trying to get a date with a woman, right? How far will you go to try and make sure that you get this date? So there was a man, a Serbian man. Uh, he's not been named, and this is just to keep the woman involved in the. Uh, situation uh, her name out of the papers and stuff like yeah, that yeah. a 65 year old man has admitted to making a fake bomb threat in the hopes of getting a date with a flight attendant God. the Serbian man's <clears throat> telephone call so he rang into the airport caused Latanda's flight LH1411 to be evacuated on Thursday before its takeoff from Belgrade, Belgrade to Frankfurt all 130 passengers and 5 crew members had to leave the aircraft while it was searched for by special police and squads <laughs> and dogs uh, the man who has not been named had met two flight attendants and invited them for dinner, but they refused. He confessed to the hoax in court on Saturday, saying he'd especially liked one of the women, and uh, he'd failed to track her down in her hotel, so he decided on a desperate bid to keep her in the country. So he rang in a bomb threat Jeez. to stop her from flying out of the country. Uh, the police traced, traced his call, and uh, he was arrested the next day. Like, that could have been a really Romeo and Juliet scenario there, if it wasn't... Uh do you know if things worked out? Do you know, she could have saw the romantic side in that and been like, "Oh, fair play to you." Yeah. Well, no. instead of that, he's like some kind of weirdo that comes in a bomb. <laughs> so he, he's up in court, and uh, passengers had an eight-hour delay on their journey after the hoax. Uh, oh, some people God. booked uh, alternative flights and stuff to get out of there. That's so but, uh, annoying. And he didn't get his date either. Yeah. 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 Sure, he got his date with somebody else in prison. <laughs> yeah. You're with me now, kid. Yeah. Pick up the soap. <laughs> All right. So that was the news. That was the news. All right. <laughs> Rob and Rat's Weird and Wonderful News. Okay, so near-death experiences, Robert, also known as NDEs. Yep. What are near-death experiences? Are they hallucinations, spiritual experiences, or proof of the afterlife? Right, I know you're an atheist, so I don't know. But yeah, but I just don't really, I don't really, uh, I have never, but that's the whole thing, as you said, the last couple of words there, you said proof of the afterlife. I'm very kind of like, yeah, proof. I, need proof. I know, but I suppose what near-death experiences are is I'm not talking about now. There's a difference between the car was about to crash and I saw my life flash before my eyes. That's not a near-death experience. What I'm talking about here is where a person dies, their heart stops, there's no brain function. What they experience in that moment. So they're clinically like clinically dead. dead. So it's it's not even just near death. It is death experiences. It is, yeah. And later on, we'll be hearing from Christina, who is a woman over in England who died clinically dead for 32 minutes. We'll just be hearing her story. Okay. But right, Dr. Raymond Moody coined the term near-death experiences. In his 1975 book, Life After Life, uh, many credit him for bringing uh, NDEs, NDEs being near-death experiences, to the public's attention. 
It's ground, he did a groundbreaking study of 100 people who experienced clinical death and were revived. And he told their story, the story in their words about like what lies beyond. But there are loads of people who do have experiences of going into a tunnel, seeing a bright light, even being outside of the body looking down on themselves. It's like it is interesting. What is what does happen? And only people obviously who do die and come back can give their thoughts. Or people who write books like the Bible. Yeah. They tend well, to tell you yeah, what's gonna happen as well. Yeah, but that's that, yeah, 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 that's that, hearsay. That's hearsay. <laughs> no, uh, I know what you mean. Like a lot of the time, you always think of like near-death experiences of people. Like you hear people like kind of on operating tables and stuff like that, yeah. who kind of like had out-of-body experiences, and they're like rise up and they're seeing themselves. It's the thing, I suppose. Is it like did what they're experienced? Did it actually happen to them before their heart stopped, or was it something? You know, it's hard to know. But like, there's a guy. One of the most famous books on it. I haven't read it myself, but even Ale- even Alexander is a neurosurgeon, right? His book sold 3 million copies. It's called Proof of Heaven. In his story, right, he, was, he didn't believe in any of this stuff because he was in neuroscience. He believed in the science of death. But when he actually himself became ill, and I think he got a fever and was in a coma, he found himself in a beautiful dream world, except it wasn't a dream. He was in a coma, and he knew his brain was shut down. And the part of his brain that was responsible for creating the world he lived in and taking in that data and understand it was completely shut down. But despite all that, he was in a universe alive and well. Truly aware in this universe. That's how he felt. He felt truly aware. And it was constructed by his own consciousness. That was in his own words in his book. He knew there was no argument that the fact that he experienced was more than more real than anything he had ever experienced in his life. He encountered, now this is what he claims in his book, he encountered an angelic source who guided him into the deepest realms of a super psychic existence. Angelic, that's like an angel. I'd imagine, yeah. Yeah, okay. Before his NDE, his knowledge of neuroscience, he didn't believe in any sort of heaven, but now fully believes that God, the soul are real and that death is not the end, but just a transition. So that, you know, okay. You know, yeah, that's... Apparently some things that NDEs share, like typical near-death experience, intense bright light, out-of-body experience, entering into another realm or dimension, uh, spirit beings, whether it be dead relatives, angels, beings of light, the tunnel, that's a very popular one, going through the tunnel, and like a life review where their events flash before their eyes. Yeah, you often hear that one. I think people yeah. say when you drown or something like that, you have a life yeah. flash before your eyes. Apparently it's about people who have drowned and are resuscitated. That's meant to kind of feel really good. Like okay. Apparently it's meant to be once the... People well, I think that there is supposed to be an association with like almost dying, isn't there? That makes you feel good. Because you often yeah, hear like yeah, those yeah. people like who get like those uh, uh, no, yeah, asphyxiation. You know those people who get often be found like they might be... <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> pleasuring yeah. themselves and then they die yeah, and they're yeah. found like with a tie wrapped around their neck or something like that yeah, but there yeah. is, like people are into that S&M stuff like kind of being pain yeah. and almost being on the brink of like it being too much people do like it yeah can we save that for next week's podcast yeah that S- is S&M podcast, S&M podcast. S&M podcast. Yeah. I know we get a dominatrix into the studio <laughs> make <laughs> make, make the dominatrix get in here make he's a master, master of all things <laughs> he can do anything jack of all things that's Mick our voice over but like, I said, like one thing that freaks me out is death the thought of death does freak me out it's not a nice thing to think about dying and it's another thing I suppose people don't like to think of their dead cat or that was killed by a swan or you know a dead relative yeah that you don't like to think that they're just plant food essentially it's nice to think they're somewhere else or whatever of course yeah but like when we look into like 
I think next week podcast we're going to be looking into the paranormal. Yeah. But that is, in sense, a form of afterlife. Oh, of course it is. Yeah. Do you know what that's mean? what the whole thing is. It's supposed to be like the spirit body. Of exactly. The, like if you if if you're someone who believes in ghosts, technically you have to believe in the afterlife. When you're when someone is having an out of body experience, does something happen to them where there's some disconnect from them, either fully shutting down or not that they're just left in this kind of wandering. You know, it is the great question. It is yeah. like it's the biggest thing. Like, there's obviously the question we've been asking, like, oh, do aliens exist? Are we alone in the universe? But I think the biggest question that everyone really wants wear to jumpers. Yeah, <laughs> the biggest question everyone always really wants to know is like, what happens when you die? Where do we go? You know, yeah. because like we have given ourselves this kind of real self-importance, like in our own head. We don't really yeah, consider I like if, I, if a wasp was that is now, true. Yeah, and I yeah. kill a wasp. We don't really think about where that goes or whatever it is because. And you wouldn't actually have if you killed a wasp. You wouldn't have the sense of guilt as no. if you shot someone in the yeah, face. Yeah, but you kind of you, because they're lesser than us, and we think yeah. we, we even, de- even dogs like yeah. people, people say, "Oh, doggy heaven," but you don't really believe that there's a lot of dogs in some other place. Unless yeah, you, yeah, do you know what I mean? But for humans, even monkeys and apes, you get, they'll die in you, whatever. But and we'll eat animals, right? But when the thing with humans is it's something different, and we kind of seem to think, "Oh no, we're so important. We need to live on forever. We'll go somewhere else." There's been billions. There's but like. How many billion, six billion people on the planet now? There's been billions and billions of people that have lived and then died. I know, yeah. So like, oh, that's where my mind gets blown. We're not. I think we're not as important as we think we are. I know, but I just think I hate to think that you know when the time comes and we're just shut off at some point. Yeah. It's hard to accept that the. Of course, it's that's what that, that's what I think. It's the now. As long as I'm pumped full of morphine, I don't. I care. think it's so the now. Well, see, the thing with the morphine is, and when people give it all, that's be my argument. When you're taking, you know, you're giving all these painkillers, it's quite likely that you are going to hallucinate and have all these things which is when I think when people come back from these experiences that maybe that's what they've had like for instance I broke my ankle right? yeah and uh, I was given like uh, my anesthetic and I went under and when I came around I don't really remember waking up but the yeah. nurse said I was living in Australia at the time and I came back to Ireland and I broke my ankle and the nurse said to me do you work on like a ranch out in Australia and I said why uh, no and she goes alright just when you woke up uh, you were spinning your arm above your head and telling me how to lasso calves uh, like baby cows Are you fr- from on horseback and yeah. she said you seem to be quite knowledgeable about the thing I was telling her how to do it I was showing her spinning my arm on my head throwing that it out that was obviously the medication obviously the medication but like she said she's heard some weird things but that's up there yeah. uh, with the things but it just shows it like I had no recollection of it but it just shows your mind can go places yeah that is crazy due to the anaesthetic or due to the medication so possibly sometimes when people this would be my always sceptical view of it yeah, yeah, but when I people know. come out of these oh I saw a light I was somewhere else they could have been just like tripping yeah, that's but, it. Or that's maybe it. not. Look, I'd look, but I would love to be wrong. You know I really would love to be wrong. I'd love look, to. I'd love it. It'd what be I'll great. do is I'll stick on. Like I know, I make some stories. He was a, a brain surgeon for years. Yeah, before, yeah, before, before he became our voiceover <laughs> artist. <laughs> uh, right, like I'll stick on Christine's interview. Christine uh, died for a half an hour. And how did you die? Oh, we get it. She's probably yeah, we get into that. We get into that. I'll put stick on Christine. Good stuff. Here's Christine. So thanks for agreeing to talk to us. Like your story is pretty amazing, Christiana. Like, well, I didn't y- really be here. Yeah. Yeah, it's fascinating. Like you suffered a massive cardiac arrest in your car, and you died for over half an hour. That's correct. Yes. Yeah. Minutes. I mean, you shouldn't be here. You. No, you... I definitely shouldn't. Yes, no. and I didn't see any tunnels or lights or my dad or my brother. So I'm a bit disappointed, really. Yeah. <laughs> so you didn't experience anything unusual or no, no, just total blankness. Total, total blankness. blankness. The lady opposite my house, she was an ex paramedic and she started CPR. 
so that keeps a little bit of blood pumping around. Okay. And it was also a very cold morning. Yeah. So they think that's what saved my brain. God, the fact that it was cold. And when this it was very cold, yes. When this happened, Christiana, you were in your car. Can you tell us about the events leading up to it? Well, it was, um, I think it was a Wednesday. And I'd been to the doctors to pick up another prescription because my chest infection wasn't getting any better. And they gave me some steroids. Yeah. So I picked them up from the chemist, drove the car home, and that's basically it. Slumped over the steering wheel, rang 999. And the next thing I know, I'm waking up in February in the hospital. God. And how how, how much later after the did you come to in the hospital? A month. It was a month in intensive care in a coma. God, that's amazing. With a tube stuck down my throat, yes, and God. a tracheotomy. And you've literally, so everything in that time period is just a blank for you? Total blank, yes. Don't yeah. remember a thing, apart from waking up thinking I could walk, and quite clearly I couldn't. Yeah. But you've you had quite a recovery in the meantime. I have, yes. I think that's down to my Gordon. Yeah, that's your husband. Yes, he's absolutely amazing. He does absolutely everything from making breakfast in bed to the washing, to the cleaning, to the ironing, to the hoovering, to the putting clothes away, everything. God, I, I could learn a thing or two from Gordon. I think we all could. <laughs> no, but that's amazing. I can, like, how do, you, how, how do you feel like yourself knowing that you, you were clinically dead for over half an hour? Um, I feel quite... Um, Trust that I'm still here, really. Yeah, does it give you kind of a different outlook on your life? It certainly does, yes. That's why we ended up getting married so quickly, I think. Yeah. Because at the end of the day, I died in January, and you've got to take life by the balls and get on with it. Yeah, well, that's a great message for people to take out from that, I suppose. I suppose there... I, suppose... I also want to tell other people that have had severe strokes that there is life at the end of the tunnel. You can recover to a certain degree. Yeah, you can move past. Yes, I mean, my left side is pretty much useless, but um, I can still manage to hobble about on a stick. Yeah. Well, if suppose... it's a further distance, my husband gets the wheelchair out. Yeah. Well, you know, it's you know, it's it's a miracle, I suppose, that you're even here, you know. And... I think so, yes. All my family were at my bedside for a month. Yeah, I suppose... A lot of people, you know, you do hear stories of people who have near-death experiences and they claim, or, you know, they feel like they've, you know, went somewhere, they really felt like, you know, some kind of presence or... Yes, no, I don't. Yeah. Does it, do you, do you have a different outlook on death now? Do you, do, would you say you fear death now, Christiana? Or... No, I don't think I do at all. No, I've just got to carry on. Yeah. And if I drop dead, I drop dead. Yeah. That's my new philosophy in life. Well, Christiane, it's an amazing story. And, like, I think, you know, the fact that, you know, came back from that, having a massive cardiac arrest and being brought to, being in a coma for so long, and to be out the other side of it is amazing. So I wish you all the best in the future. Okay, thank you for ringing, yes. Thanks a million, uh, Christiana. Okay there, Stephen, thank you. See you, bye. Okay, so that was Christiana's interview, who I believe we... uh, uh, called her Christina first mistakenly apologies there but look the reason I found her story Christina like Christ yeah yeah Ooh. coming back from the dead but like I found her story interesting for the fact that like she was a lovely woman and you know she's had a few health problems since she's a nice woman 
great husband helping her out, but she saw nothing. She saw nothing. Exactly. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? She is someone who has gone for a month and has. Why is there that difference that some people are seeing brought through tunnels, brought to these dimensions, out of body, and what? Like why? What? Who's experiencing what we actually are meant to experience? Do you know what I mean? Is her? Is her experience what we're supposed to have? Is just nothing blankness and then come back? You know, that's where I find it. How come we're all not getting near that experiences? Yeah, it's a strange one, isn't it? Different people get different experiences. No, there's no real concrete. As you say, like a lot of the time, you do hear of the tunnel of light. Yeah, and the old thoughts and don't look into the light. You know that kind of. Yeah, thing. yeah. Don't come in. Yeah, uh, but like I suppose on the other side, of it, I looked up. I just saw some information here. There was a man, and he was clinically dead for seven minutes. So Shiv uh, Grenwall, and he used to be uh, an actor in his sixties. Yeah, yeah. And he had another. No, he had a cardiac arrest. A lot of the ones you look up, the people get these things. He had cardiac arrest. And he was uh, That's dead. what Christiana had. Yeah. yeah, so which is basically it's a heart attack. Yeah. And so he was dead for seven minutes. They were doing CPR, the paramedics were trying to revive him and they couldn't. And he said, I was aware my brain was dying and crying out for help, but at the same time I felt completely separate from my body. It was like I was in a void but could feel emotions and sensations. Despite knowing I was dead, I also knew there was a chance of coming home. I understood that I would be reincarnated, but I didn't want that just yet. I wanted to return to my life to the material world and to my wife. I demanded that I was coming back and I got my wish. So uh, he has gone on since now to uh, kind of like do some art and he paints stuff and that's kind of like his impression of what he saw uh, when he died. So uh, he's uh, selling that art. But uh, So he said, uh, I had no body as such. I suppose it was a bit like swimming through water. You feel weightlessness and disconnected from the physical world. At one point I was traveling over the moon and I could see meteorites and all of space. Uh, he was previously fit and healthy, uh, and then he went into cardiac arrest without any warning in 2013, uh, after having some food in a local French. It's frightening that. Like. Yeah. But yeah. like, as a, there's a lot of uh, a lot of things match up with different people from all over the world. I saw on other things that I've looked up, like, and I think from where you are in the world, you can see different things. What your religious beliefs are can vary what you see and experience. And sometimes people's beliefs kind of have been changed. People who haven't seen anything before, like, like your man, didn't have beliefs, and then now they become quite religious. Exactly, know? like your man Avon Alexander, the neurosurgeon, that changed his yeah. life totally. Yeah. Look, to close this, there's only the way they say it can be explained. Like it can't be proven or disproven. The afterlife. Do you know what I mean? They can't explain what goes on in the head. No, not yet. What do you call him? Elon Musk is working on uh, this type of device that connects to your head and it's going to be able to read your thoughts and like visualize your brain activity so possibly really that may be something in the future to help Jeez, that'd be frightening though if you're depending on what you're thinking about yeah you'd have to really shut your mouth like i'd be in awful trouble (laughs) (laughs) right so the two explanations that we have to date on ndes near that experience there's two explanations one is scientific and the other is supernatural and just to go into them briefly yeah so the scientific explanation Science cannot ultimately explain NDEs because they're complex, subjective, and emotionally charged. They can't test to say whether or not someone has visited the afterlife. NDEs are uh, physiological and psychological in nature. But science has found that like drugs like ketamine and PCP can create the exact same sensations and experiences uh, that people have felt during NDEs, like the out of body thing that like people they say that have taken ketamine and stuff. But they take like hallucinogenic acids have, and yeah, have mushrooms report, and all have reported sort of stuff. very yeah. similar stuff. 
So look, the science side has no explanation. They reckon it could eat psychological. So it's kind of like what I was saying a little bit about the drugs thing, about like uh, people so like you with your lasso and whatever. Yeah, so and like the the anesthetic. So you just on like painkillers and like all the type of stuff really do affect your. Oh yeah, but other people reckon that it's not actually tripping. You're opening up your brain. You're actually seeing stuff that you're is, seeing stuff for real. Yeah, yeah. Some people As, do feel like that. You know what I mean? Like you do meet these people who have had like you know ayahuasca. You know that kind of. Uh, it's like a, it's like a form of kind. It's like a hallucinogenic kind of. I think people drink it. They have an ayahuasca tea, and they go there, and it kind of like opens up your mind. Yeah, and makes you think in new ways. And sometimes people see things and have visions. And some people believe they're real, and that's... Uh, yeah. Like, yeah. I know, like, the comedian Bill Hicks used yeah. to be into taking LSD, and he believed that, like, you know, him and his friends used to go down to this beach and take yeah. it. And that's it. They were, it felt like, you know, you were just... You were seeing the world in its true form. Do you know? I'm just going to quickly... Well, on the Rob Rob podcast, we do not... Uh, condone endorse, any sort Endorse any drug no. um, But I if you have any stories of, like, afterlife and stuff like that, do get in contact. Oh, definitely, yeah. yeah. Be dope. into looking into that. The supernatural, then, explanation, just to finish things... So someone having an NDE or near-death experience, they are, their soul is leaving the body. They are experiencing things that normally they cannot see. The soul is going through a border, through two worlds. Our world and the afterlife, usually represented by a tunnel. But somehow, in the way, that to, on their way to the afterlife, they either get pulled back or they just choose to go back. So like your man there said, like you know, he made the, he said he, he wanted decision. to go back. Well, he didn't make it, but he wa- he knew he wanted to go back. So I don't know. He wasn't ready yet. Let us know what you think. What are your thoughts on the afterlife? Do you believe that it's there is something? Do you believe there's not? What are do you have any you know input into near death experiences? I don't know. It's baffling. This world of wonder podcast is doing me head. <laughs> 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 I don't, yeah, it is a strange one. Like as I said, it's a great question. What happens when you yeah. die? You it's know. just too. It's too. And there's only one way to find out. It's too much for the mind to wrap its head around. Do yeah. you know what I mean? And I suppose then when people kind of give you a short answer, you know, like I, that's why I always feel like kind of in a book in the Bible or something like that. Somebody just tells you. I think it's too complex. There's too much going on. You can't. I don't think anybody who knows really, and anyone who does tell you, I kind of don't really believe them. Yeah. That's my that's my thoughts on it. Exactly. We are going to delve a bit more into kind of the afterlife and stuff like that in upcoming podcasts. We're going to do one on the paranormal. Yeah. And then but that's more kind of the ghosts. The ghosts and stuff. Ghosts and then and I think another one after that that we're going to look into see if we can speak to a, a psychic medium. Yeah. Who has contact with the afterlife. Yeah. So, so but in next week's episode we are going to be talking it's paranormal investigations and that's what yeah. we're going to be looking into. Yeah. So we're going to talk to a couple of, uh, to a, a crew of paranormal investigators from Dublin and uh, they're just going to explain to us what they do and we'll look into the world of the paranormal. So that is next week, and that will be episode six. six. I think it is. Yeah, I think it is six. Oh, six episodes in. That's great. Yeah. So don't forget, you can follow us on Instagram at Rob Rat Podcast, Facebook Rob and Rats, Wow Podcast, Twitter Rob and Rats, World of Wonder, and email us at World of Wonder two thousand and nineteen at gmail.com Spotify, SoundCloud, and iTunes. Rob Rat Podcast. Please. Follow, like, give a five-star rate and review, all that stuff. Make, can we get you in here for the closing? Yeah, and if you can just, if you enjoy the podcast, tell a friend. Uh, share us on Facebook, let people know. because Tell his mother. mother. Yeah, tell your mother's mother. But yeah. uh, that's it really from us today. Yeah. Thanks, Make. All right, Nick. Cheers, guys. You have been listening to the Rob Rat Podcast. Be sure to check out our social media for updates on the next episode. And if you liked what you heard, then let us know by hitting the subscribe button, sending us a message, and telling a friend, because that's how the podcast grows. Thanks for listening.